Good morning or afternoon, or I guess anytime you're actually joining us. We're so happy to have you listening. Uh, welcome to FR Law Group's podcast. My name is Rita Guerra, and I'm an attorney with the FR Law Group, and I'm joined today by our newest addition, Taya Blasseri. Welcome to FR Law Group and your first podcast. Thank you so much. Um, great to be here. We are so excited to have you here, and uh, we're going to talk today about renting a space for your business uh, and issues that can arise in leasing. But before we get started, I thought it'd be a good idea if you could maybe introduce yourself and tell us how you ended up at FR Law Group. Yeah, absolutely. So I went to ASU undergrad, went to ASU Law School. Um, I kind of always knew I was going to be an attorney since I was a child. I'm not really sure why. I just thought it was a very interesting career path. But then as I grew up and kind of got introduced to it a little bit more, I realized that this is a great job and very interesting, very fun. I like how um, you kind of see, kind of work every day, kind of solving a puzzle a little bit. So I really enjoy that part. And um I was actually born in Albania, and one of the main reasons why my family moved here was so I could pursue a career in the legal fields. Very cool. I'm very happy to be here, and um, I'm really enjoying my experience with FR Law Group so far. That's awesome. Well, let's get started on our fun topic today. Um, You know, one of the things we do here at FR Law Group is we um, assist business owners with issues that might arise out of contracts they've entered into. And this can come in many forms. Um, It could be uh, maybe uh, an insurance company isn't honoring a term of a contract or isn't paying on a claim. Maybe something went wrong on a building contract. Um, But today we're going to talk specifically about that business owner who's looking for a space to rent. And it could be either a your, your first time business owner and you're getting your first space or um, many companies experience growing pains and they need to move from, you know, an existing lease into a new one. And there are uh, lots of pitfalls along the way that you can kind of fall into. And so we thought it would be a really good idea to discuss um, maybe some of the things to look out for at the various stages, the formation of the lease, things that can go wrong during the term of the lease, and what to do if you're at the end of your rope and you can't really resolve things with your landlord. So Taya, I thought um, maybe we could um, talk about these issues. And I know that you've had some experience um, helping out some clients with issues exactly arising exactly from those very things. Yes, absolutely. And there are all sorts of problems and issues that can arise from this kind of landlord-tenant relationship. And um, I think the best thing that someone can do is get familiar with the contract, with the provisions of the contract. And if you have difficulty understanding kind of what you're getting into or you don't know how to make sure that your wants are represented in the contract, one of the best things they can do is contact an attorney sooner rather than later. It will be easier for them to be able to help you and better for you long-term as well. I think that's such a good 
point because I think that um, oftentimes we get involved at a point where a lot of damage has already been done or actions have been taken that might define the way a, a case is going to take. So I think kind of you've touched on it. Let's talk about specifically issues that might arise during the formation period and how having the advice of an attorney at that stage when you're just engaging in negotiations can happen. I think I'm surprised by um, you know, the number of people who you forget sometimes that not everybody's, um, you know, being a lawyer, you get to see the problems that arise day after day after day. Yeah. If this is your first lease, you don't know, even know the things to look out for. So um, if you don't know which things might be negotiable, for example, um, that can really affect your position and, and the benefits that you have stemming from that right. contract. So what are what would be maybe let's start with one of the biggest things you think is an issue that um, you want to pay attention to or would need advice uh, from right from the get go. Um, so I think with commercial leases, especially, it's very important that you're well aware of what you're getting yourself into, because um, unlike residential leases, which have more protection for the renter, commercial leases usually do not. They're usually drafted by the landlord. Um, they represent his or her interests more so. Um, and the law tries to stay out of business contracts more so yeah. than residential leases. So it's very imperative that um, your interests are also protected as well, not just the landlords. That's and really important because I think there is a lot more legislation protecting like if, you know, you're renting an apartment, uh, residential lease, there are a lot more protections and um, oversight of what the landlord does, whereas in commercial, they kind of just let you contract to, right. to whatever you want to, uh, you know, contract to with some limitations. Right. And I think one of the ways to kind of combat this is make sure that material terms or terms that are important to you that are significant for your business are represented in the lease um, as well. So and, what? So give me an example of, or what do you mean by material terms? Yes. So material terms are um, typically terms that have um, are significant significant importance to you so this can be rent it can be how many parking spaces you want um uh, maybe costs to redesign your space one thing specifically that i can remember is um let's say for example that you want a sign for your business and you maybe want it facing east or west, depending on how much traffic that area Like on the gets. front of the building? Right, yeah. right. Depending on how much traffic the area gets, maybe you think that it will bring in more clients. This is something that is important to you. If that is not reflected on the lease, however, um, if you don't purposely say on the lease that I want the sign facing east um, okay. at so Versus west, yeah. Right. Um, later on, that could be an issue. Maybe the landlord would, will give that side to another person and that was very important to you, but you didn't define it in the contract and now you're going to have to go over and litigate that or um, have a dispute over which side the sign is facing, which 
you it's something that you don't want to argue about on later. the back end exactly it's better on to just yeah. face it head on from the beginning you know that's signage is a it's an interesting thing and it's actually can be really important to a client i had a case where signage was an issue and there were a couple issues that this came through on number one um they wanted a big sign like on the top of uh you know one of the faces of the buildings they also wanted um certain signage to help, you know, and some depending on on you know the size of the building and the land of the building, um, it can be really confusing for a customer to find where you're at. And the the last thing you do is you want is want to make it difficult for somebody to be able yes. to find you. And so, in addition to wanting that big sign, they wanted signage <clears throat> at the front to kind of you know I don't know whether it was going to be an error or whatever it was, but signage to lead them. Um, more clearly to where their location was, but that particular part hadn't been in the contract. And so they ended up, you know, having this fight and ultimately there were a couple other issues, but yeah, I can see where that would be um, really important. Now it's interesting. You talk about um, how important it is to get material terms in writing. I know that we have seen situations where um, some people, uh, and it seems hard to believe, but it happens more than you would think where some people enter into uh, at least without a written contract at all. It's maybe you knew that somebody, you know, who knows how these handshake deals happen, but you don't even have a contract. I'm curious, um, you know, about that with respect to, for example, um, if you don't have a written contract, one of, I, I would think a huge material term is the term of the contract. We see these commercial leases typically having longer terms and say mm -hmm. a residential lease of one year. Um, does that give the landlord any benefit if it's not in writing in terms of um, are they able to evict you easier? Yes. So as a matter of fact, if it's a month to month business tenancy, um, it may be terminated by the landlord after a 10 day written notice. So, a 10 day written notice. So yeah. that's going to I mean, you, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that could be a huge issue later. On. Huge issue to have to pack up and leave. It can impact your Within business. Days, days. Huge. Right. Yeah. So I think one of the themes of our podcast today is going to be not only know the provisions, but make sure they're written down. And that's just yes. one one example of many that, that could be could give you some pretty negative consequences. Um, I I wanted to talk a little bit about, I've seen this come up in a number of situations, uh, really important to understand is this idea of having a personal guarantee in a contract. Um, a personal guarantee would be uh, essentially, you know, who are the parties to the contract? You have to know who the parties to the contract are. So let's say you have ABC business and you want to rent a space from landlord, you know, Bob. And landlord Bob says, um, I'm not going to enter into this lease with you unless you're signing it, you know, in your personal capacity too. What that really means is you're putting your personal assets on the line in addition to your business assets. Um, that means that if, for example, you breach the contract by not paying your rent, not only can he come after um, the assets of the business, but he can come after your personal assets for obvious reasons. You really need to know what's on the line. Um, the I think the best thing is to not give a personal guarantee. Protect yourself, protect your individual assets. Um, but sometimes you may not be able to get a deal done without that personal guarantee, depending on your business's history or financial situation. So 
I think one of the things that we'll be talking about, um, and this would be one of those areas, and you had kind of mentioned in terms of negotiating a contract, this would be an area that would be helpful to have advice up front to understand what you can and cannot do if you're being told um, that the space you want, you can't enter into a contract unless you're guaranteeing it personally. Um, if you're in that situation, there are some things you can do to limit your personal liability. Um, common ways you can do this if you can negotiate it would be you can negotiate a cap on your liability. So let's say the value of the lease is $500,000. You can negotiate, okay, I will agree to be personally liable, but only up to say $100,000 or $200,000, whatever um, you know, you're able to negotiate, or you could do it as a, a percentage. Um, you know, if, you know, there's non-performance on the part of the renter, um, you'll only be liable up to, you know, 30% of the value of the contract. Obviously you want to negotiate the best deal you can, but those are some ways you can limit um, the, the dangerous impact of a personal guarantee. The other thing you can do uh, is negotiate uh, either the phasing out of the guarantee. So the length of the contract is five years. Um, the, you know, the personal guarantee will phase out after, you know, um, successful performance at the two-year mark, or you have a clause in there that will allow you to renegotiate that specific term. So uh, that would be something that um, would be really important to understand. And, you know, sometimes the way people get in trouble is, um, you know, uh, not understanding, um, you know, look, we have to sign documents all the time. You're, you know, whether you're signing, um, you know, whatever kind of contract, um, you see a signature line, you see your name, you have to understand, you know, many people as the owner of the business, they're used to signing their name as the owner of the business. You just want to make sure when you put your name down on that contract that you're doing it as, um, you know, president of ABC company, not, um, you know, Rita Garrett in her individual capacity. We um, had a client who had no intention of um, personally guaranteeing the contract and the other party had slipped a, a signature um, that represented just him as an individual and he uh, didn't pick up on it and and just signed it. And then they ended up arguing about whether or not that was intentional or not. So you want to stay away from um, things like that. And you want to really make sure you understand you know, everything in that contract is why it can be so helpful um, to have the advice of an attorney, because if you've ever, whether it's business space or searching for a house, you know, especially a business owner, especially if you're, whether it's a new business or an existing business, the amount of stress and chaos that comes with trying to find a space and move, it, it's helpful to have an outsider come in and take a look and then who's skilled at looking for those things. So I think that's, um, that's something that's really important, um, to kind of be aware of and negotiate if you can. Um, but other than that, what other things um, have you noticed that are kind of pitfalls to look out for with respect to leasing? Um, that's great information, by the way. I do want to add that if it's if something is important to you and you're unable to negotiate that particular term, maybe the landlord is being difficult, never know what you're going to deal with sometimes your best move is to just walk away and not sign the contract um, I think it will save you a lot more money and time if from the beginning you know what you want and you stick to it rather than not being sure 
and going through with it and then having to deal with the issues later on. And I want to add that that's a good point. Um, the way that a landlord behaves during negotiations um, will oftentimes be a good indicator of how they will act when issues do start to arise. So keep that in mind when you're talking to someone, when you're about to enter into a contract with someone, make sure that there's a good relationship and that you can trust them to handle things. That's such great advice. You know, yeah. Are they responsive to your emails? Do they, how many times do you have to ask them to put something in the contract? I think that's really good advice. Um, And with anything, I, again, I'd liken it to buying a home even with a business, you can get emotionally attached to something. And I think that's absolutely right. If you're going to, if you're locking into a longer term lease, you don't want to be bound by provisions that you really didn't want to get stuck with. So sometimes as frustrating as it can be, you walk away. Exactly. And a lot of these leases, they will surpass one year. So they'll be for a long time. So if you're in a contract that you're not happy with um, and you have to break it, that will be more costly to you and more difficult than if you just didn't enter to begin with. So just make sure you're well-informed, you know what you want. And if you don't know how to go about it, talk to an attorney so you can deal with things in the front end rather than the back end. So I would imagine, um, speaking of material terms, that rent is a material term. Um, Would you agree with that? Yeah, that's probably most people, they see a space, it's a visual, will handle my business needs, and the next thing is how much is it going to cost me? Okay, before we um, jump back off the um, talking about material terms and what's important, I did want to touch on one other thing, which is, and I think it's... um, something that probably most people care about. They go to see the space. They want to know if it works for them. Does it suit their business needs? But also then it's, what is the rent? That's, you know, give me the price tag. And, um, you know, I was noticing, and I don't know if you've noticed, they've been doing this on, I've heard people complain about it with apartments and things like that too. It's not just your rent. You get, they have like a waste valet, they call it, where somebody, you're paying for somebody to pick up your garbage. You're paying for cable, whether you want it or not. There's all these add on, on costs. So we see that in commercial leases too, where, um, and it's interesting, sometimes a landlord, when they're negotiating, they won't even get to these extra passed down costs until, um, you know, you've agreed on a rent price. But it's really important for you to understand what your bottom line is going to be. So I just wanted to talk about some of the different types of costs that are passed down to you from the landlord. We've seen um, costs, including things like insurance costs, taxes. I think when you are renting from a uh, place that has multiple businesses renting from that particular landlord and it has common areas, you might get um, a thing with uh, costs for maintaining those common areas. Uh, Operating costs are often shared by the tenants on a um, pro rata basis. For example, uh, you... Um, rent a space with 15 other renters and uh, they're going to have you pitch in for structural elements and other um, business systems um, or building systems, whether it's plumbing or, um, you know, 
Jack, all those things. And so how you might see it, uh, for example, is they might say, uh, you know, we calculate our operating costs from last year, anything that goes above last year's costs, everybody splits in a pro rata share, you know, depending on the, the state of the building, the um, level of maintenance and care that the landlord takes with this building. I mean, these can add up to a significant a significant amount of money. So that will be added to your bottom line. That would be a material term that you're going to care very much about. You don't, nobody likes money surprises. So something to keep in mind, um, you know, what are those hidden costs and make sure they're not hidden. I think um, unless you have anything else, I'm going to move on. I think uh, there's a lot of, um, a lot of things to talk about with respect to uh, issues that might arise during a lease. What kinds of things do we see from either party where um, you know they're they're not performing or they're breaching uh, provisions of the lease? So, what are some what are some things uh, that you've seen that are worth talking about in terms of issues that arise from a business lease? Yes. So if you fail to pay rent or breach any other part of the lease, the landlord has the right to re-enter the premises and take possession without any warning. This happens very frequently. Um, and in fact, disputes concerning rent are sometimes the most frequently seen I bet. and um, problematic disputes that we see. Um and those legal disputes are going to cost you significantly more than the rent would you begin you with. You just made the pro yeah, there's yeah. if you were already in the hole, the hole just got a lot bigger. Exactly. And um, in fact, I was just recently working on a case where this exact same thing happened. And not only did the landlord re-enter the premises without any warning, but they took all of their the tenant's property and sold it to pay the rent, um, the past due rent. And that's something that a landlord, I think that's really important for people to understand. That's something not only can they enter yes. the premises without permission or warning if you have breached it, but they can use your business assets to settle the debt that you Absolutely. owe them under certain circumstances. You Absolutely. Know. This is a lot of, this is something that a lot of people don't realize unless it's an exempt um, property, they can pretty much take everything that you have inside and just sell it to be able to pay the rent. Uh, okay. So we talked a lot about um, some issues that can come up during the formation of the lease, but obviously a lot of the meat and potatoes here comes from things that happen during the lease. So let's talk about maybe some issues we've seen um, that, uh, you know, kind of bubble up from uh, things that maybe the contract could have prevented or things that you should be aware of that could happen potentially. Um, what are some things that you've seen can happen um, because of one side or the other's non-performance. Mm -hmm. So um, if you fail to pay, pay rent or breach any other part of the lease, the landlord may be able to re-enter the premises. And this happens quite frequently. And in fact, disputes surrounding rent or failure to pay rent are probably one of the most common ones that we see. It's like um, when you say enter the property that, you know, he's not knocking on the door waiting. No. And, and, yes. He, without your permission, without any warning, he'll just go into the property and take possession again um, of the property and not let you within the premises. So you've kind of lost not only the, the uh, premise, but 
uh, I'm sorry, the uh, place of business, but you oftentimes also lose whatever property you have inside. Because what a lot of people fail to realize is that once the landlord re-enters the property, um, they can sell any uh, any items that you have inside to be able to pay for the past due rent. So in certain circumstances, if you know, you're not living up to your end of the bargain, they can actually use your business assets to satisfy the, rent. the payments you were supposed to be exactly. making. So I can see where that would be a huge concern to a business owner. Have you ever actually seen that happen? Many, many times. And just recently I had a case um, where this happens, um, where this happened, they entered the the premises. Um, they sold pretty much everything that was inside and even a desk with important information in it. And um, Wait, there was stuff in the desk that they sold? Yeah. Ooh, that's bad. So they sold the desk and the items that were within the desk were kind of lost with the sale of the desk. So it's just something uh, to think about because oftentimes the legal disputes over rent are going to cost you way, way more than just paying the rent to begin with. Well, and I just, the desk thing, that's kind of a, that's a really scary example of what can happen and who knows what, you know, what kind of, important documents or other items you might have mm-hmm. had in there that good luck getting back. Um, that's that's a really important exactly. thing to understand. Even if you go to court over it and fight over the fact that the landlord lost you important business documents, those documents may still oftentimes be gone. Um, so Just disappear. Exactly. Yeah. So even if you were to go to court over it, it it's still something that you probably or most likely cannot get back. So um, the hassle of trying to get them back and you may never see them again as well. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it's certainly rent is always going to be a big issue, payment of rent, non-payment of rent. The landlord actually has some obligations too. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, if you've got some good provisions in your lease, the landlord should have some obligations specifically um, you know, they have an obligation to make sure that um, necessary repairs are done to the building and make sure the building in, is in a habitable condition. Um, they have to comply with building codes. They have to keep common areas clean and safe, um, repair building systems and structural elements of the building, any parking areas, common areas. Um, you know, you, you see examples of this, um, you know, a broken window that remains unrepaired. And that's going to be a worry for a business owner. You worry about mm-hmm. access. You worry about crime because of um you know, the opportunity to access the building and just the the overall look of it. Um, so those kinds of things are things you want to hold your landlord accountable uh, for. But it is important to know. And again, this goes back to getting advice from the beginning. because You want those protective um, provisions in there. But you also need to understand if you have an issue, let's say your landlord isn't um, holding up his end of the bargain and keeping those common areas safe or well-maintained, what do you do? And most of these leasing contracts are going to have a provision in there that lay out the, the process for escalating an issue like that. And if you don't follow the process that you've agreed to in your contract, you can sometimes lose the opportunity to address those issues. For example, um, typically in a lease, um, 
the lease is going to require that you provide your landlord with written notice of what you're alleging there in non-performance of. And so it's not okay to give, you know, a call that won't satisfy the terms of your lease. So written notice, um, specifically describing um, exactly what you believe they have not performed. And that's important because the landlord typically is going to be provided an opportunity to cure that non-performance. And typically the lease will include language that will identify a time frame within which they have to cure that. And so you have to understand that process because sometimes we try to casually resolve things, but if that clock is ticking and by the time you really get upset about it, you realize, oh, I have to go through this formal process and yeah. waiting period, um, you might get really aggravated and it might really impact your business. So it's important to know upfront how to handle um, an issue if it arises and look for those escalation provisions in your lease. Um, you know, there are going to be some repairs that a landlord isn't going to be obligated to make if you haven't negotiated that in your um, in your uh, contract. And it depends on what type of property you're leasing. Is it, you know, we see a lot of businesses renting out a home and they run the home, you know, the the um, business out of like a home-like structure, or you could be in a building that has multiple floors and multiple tenants. And so who are responsible for what repairs, who can put up what lighting, uh, there are going to be some uniformity requirements a lease might have in a building that has, you know, multiple units. They don't want everybody doing their own style yeah. of light fixture yeah. and signage. So all those things are going to be important. Um, but also remember going back, back to your obligation as a renter, you're going to have an obligation to return that property back and, um, you know, good order other than like the typical wear and tear. Mm -hmm. So uh, important to keep that in mind as well. Um, which kind of raises another idea. What happens if uh, you are ready to, you're so excited, you've had your attorney look over the lease, you've negotiated those good provisions, and then you show up on day one to move your stuff in and your space is not ready for you or it's not in good condition. That could definitely happen. Sometimes the premises are just uninhabitable and people can't conduct the business that they were expecting to conduct anymore. Um, uh, maybe they they entered into the property and it was not in the condition that was reflected or stated in the contract or said that it was going to be by the landlord. Um, so there's a couple, couple of different options here. You can first look at the contract or the lease and look at what the provisions say. Um, Similar to what we were just talking about, those escalation provisions. Yes. Yeah. And some contracts will have provisions that state that in the event of a substantial defect, the tenant must inform the landlord of the defect, defect and give them the opportunity to cure or repair. Um, within a certain amount of time. And this reminds me of a case that I had where um, the, the one of the provisions in the lease that said if there was ever any significant defect, um, the tenant had to give the landlord a 30-day notice, just notify them that, hey, this is not what I expected. Um, there's this, the, the property needs repairs. In that case, if the landlord doesn't within 30 days do any, they're not responsive, they don't do anything, um, 
to fix it. They don't come and inspect. Usually they'll come and inspect and see what they can do. If nothing happens within 30 days, um, then you can think about what to do from there. But you have to look at the contract and see if there's a provision that requires you to give the landlord notice. Um, so that would apply, like we talked about, with the common areas, but also with your own space as well. Yes, yes. Um, and then if the lease is silent, you can always just try to talk to the landlord. And this kind of goes back to what we talked about in the beginning, where it's important to think about what kind of a person you're entering into yeah. a contract with. Because later on, issues may arise and you may have to continue negotiating or talking about something. And if you're dealing with a difficult landlord... If there is an issue like this where you have to repair or fix a defect within the, the property, you want to make sure that you're talking to someone who's willing to help and willing to um, be a good landlord, basically. So, um, yes, you can always try to work it out with the landlord first and then try to get as much communication as you can in writing it's going to get to documentation. Yes. I want to talk about this. Documentation. Documentation is everything. So make sure most of the writing or if you can, all the writing is over email is written yeah. down. So um, helpful. Yes. You just don't know what you're going to do with in the future and you don't want to deal with a he said, she said situation. So make sure that you have everything documented. Um, take pictures. Take lots of pictures of the damages. Pictures and, are huge. Yes. And... Um, you always want to trail in this situ in these situations because if there's ever any disputes or litigation that arises, that trail will help you um, make sure that things are worked out how they should be. Because I can imagine, um, you know, and and I've seen in cases where there's a dispute over who caused the damage, and so yes. pictures can sometimes help tell that story because they could come after the tenant for damages as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, that the emails between you and the landlord will help as well. It would show um, did you contact them uh, within a reasonable reasonable time? Um, was it stated in the email that you found it this way? What did they say in return? This is all going to be important, especially um, what we do here a lot is we write demand letters, which kind of helps speed up if there's any issues. And Can you explain maybe what a demand letter is? Yes, yes. Um, so a demand letter, you're trying to elevate the stakes a little bit. So we're stating our case, why we think they're in the breach of the lease and kind of asking them to fix it before it goes into further litigation or the issue yes. gets bigger and bigger. I think sometimes when you're trying to work something out and it doesn't work, sometimes having the name of a law firm on a letterhead yes. helps move things along Yes, um, before you get to that litigation stage. I think that's a good point. Um, what about, I think it's an interesting with respect to uh, I oftentimes think of this in terms of residential leases, but it happens in business leases too. What about the idea of subleasing? Does that happen? And do you see that in commercial leases? And maybe talk about that a little bit. Um, so I think it's interesting, like, um, I it again, like I see it more in residential. Um, that's where my familiarity is with it. But I can certainly imagine a, a situation where, especially if you're talking about like a new business, a new business comes in and maybe doesn't 
they're renting a smaller space because budget's a concern and, you know, you don't really know what your projectables are. Um, and then all of a sudden you're in month three, good fortune is hit and you're yeah. booming and you need a bigger space. So you need to move out, but you've signed a five-year lease. Is there, are there options for subleasing? Yes. So I think it's subleasing and assigning the contract mm-hmm. is a great thing to consider because it oftentimes may be cheaper for you to just or less problematic to just assign the lease to someone else rather than break the lease, which could come with a whole expensive. Yes. Um, So in Arizona, a commercial tenant has the ability to sublease or assign the contract to someone else, unless it's expressly stated in the lease not to do so. So this goes back to please look at the lease and see what it says. And if it says that if there's nothing there that mentions that you can't assign, you can't sublease to someone else, um, consider doing that. It might help. Um, even proactively, even if it's silent, have something proactively in yes. there that states it's not against the terms of the contract to do yes. that, giving you that right. Yes. And um, that might oftentimes just help you solve a problem and not have to. And it will make you break the lease, which will cause a whole more, a whole lot more expenses, yeah. problems, stress, and losses. Um, I think I think that really uh, ties back to our theme of, of getting advice in the beginning and take care of these things. We we see it a lot, and I think I think there's a number of reasons why it happens. Number one, sometimes it's some people feels like a big deal to get a lawyer involved, and you want to. Um, you want to try to work things out or um, it's the expense of an attorney. But I think that, um, you know, even understanding, you know, giving a call saying, hey, is this something that's actionable? Is there something here at the beginning? It doesn't mean you have to act right away. You know, you obviously, if there's an action, you want to understand the statute of limitations so you're not barred from bringing a claim later, something else an attorney can help you with. But that's why it's always good to pick up that phone. If you don't um, have somebody that you're regularly um, use, many um, offices offer a, law offices offer a free consultation or a 30-minute consultation so you can kind of see whether this is something you want to spend a little bit of money on and delve in further. Uh, Certainly, utilizing the advice of an attorney in the beginning to get all those good protective provisions in your contract could help you, you know, that's a little bit of an expense at the front, but to protect you from having to litigate these matters in court on the back end where um, you have all kinds of expenses and and risk that you're exposed to. So I think that's. Yes. I was going to say that sometimes the landlord is just unresponsive. So typically Mm -hmm. um, a good demand letter will kind of point things in the right direction and, um, Get that response. <laughs> Get that response, definitely. And maybe, hopefully, fix things before they ever have to escalate. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good point. Okay, so we talked about issues uh, related to the formation of the contract. We've also gone over, um, you know, issues that arise during the term of the lease. But what happens if you can't uh, resolve the demand letter doesn't resolve the problem and you're um, your attempts at communicating with the landlord doesn't solve your problems. Uh, what do you do? And um, one of the things, and again, it goes back to the formation and making sure you get the provisions in your contract that you want. One of the things that uh, could be within that lease is uh, something that determines how you will litigate any issues that arise. 
we see this, for example, there might be a provision that um, mandates mediation um, or arbitration instead of uh, litigation in a court of law. And there are um, pros and cons to some of these issues, but it's an issue that you don't want to make uninformed. You want to be aware if there is an issue like that in your um, lease and make sure you understand how that could impact uh, the legal route your case will go if you have um, if you have these issues. Um, again, consulting with an attorney, uh, getting that free consultation or getting that advice is going to be really important. Um, but another thing, uh, as you know, you as a business owner go about your busy day of life, making that business run and be profitable. Don't ignore legal notices um, or any kind of document that looks formal and pertains to your lease or your performance. I uh, don't ignore anything. If you get anything from the landlord that has some sort of demand of its own or some sort of um, allegation that you have not been performing your part, you you don't want to wait um jumping on that. And it seems kind of like an obvious thing to say. Uh, however, we have seen situations, whether somebody either inadvertently puts to the side or, um, or for whatever reason is, is um, just doesn't address it. And I think you've, you've dealt with the consequences of that. Maybe you could talk about that a little bit. Yeah. And like you said, it could be um, maybe you're busy, run, busy running a business, but sometimes life gets in the way and there's, there might be personal issues or medical issues, and this is something that I dealt with recently. Um, a client, as soon as they were served with a complaint for a lease dispute, so failing to pay rent, they um, fell ill, and they kind they tried to deal with it in the beginning. They contacted the law firm, but after that. Um, they kind of put it to the side because they weren't feeling well. They were dealing with um, medical issues. And the unfortunate thing is in these situations, the matter can go on without you if you kind of let it go and don't respond, don't do anything about it. Um, so it's just important to keep in mind that as much as we might deal with difficult times in our lives and medical issues in this case it's just important to make sure that you're following that that lawsuit and you're not letting it um go because a lot of actions can happen in your absence that can affect your business and um the other party may move for a default judgment which the court may grant and that would be can be very difficult to um vacate so if you haven't done, yeah i think yes that's that's a, a good point if a, a complaint has been filed against you um don't put off getting getting representation it, if you don't file an answer with the time provided by mm -hmm. our civil rules um the other party can move for a default judgment against you which basically uh means they've won their case and they can move for a judgment and if you don't have a good reason as to why you didn't answer in time um you may lose the opportunity to address those issues with the right. court so really important not to ignore anything that um alleges anything um and and that that you pertaining to the contract haven't done mm -hmm. um you know get advice on that um document everything as we talked about emails pictures are important and keep everything yes um 
we don't want to get accused of spoliation. Spoliation, um, basically, if you are aware that there is an issue arising out of the contract, um, you are required to keep things that could potentially be evidence in the case. And it can be used against you if you don't hang on to those things. Also um, might prevent you from being able to prove an important part in your case. So it's really important to document, 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 and, and hang on to things that are relevant to the issues you are having. And to, if you see, um, if it's a physical problem with the property, take lots of pictures. Um, one of our clients was dealing with mold issues when they entered into the promise, uh, the premises and having those pictures, being able to see where the issue was, was very, very helpful. Yeah, I think um, I think we've covered a lot of a lot of the potential pitfalls. Uh, there are always going to be uh, things that arise. They're really common. These are really common issues. You know, the goal obviously is to get them resolved without the need uh, to go to court. But um, if you you can prevent a lot of these situations from happening with a well drafted lease contract, right. so that's I think where you want to start. Um, but I think we we're going to wrap up for today. Thank you so much for joining us. We're happy to have you listening and uh, we'll see you next time.